the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. There are many institutions in our lives that deals with a lot of secrets. You know, you hear about governmental secrets, you hear about pontifical secrets, secrets within the church where, you know, sensitive things are happening. It's typically when, for example, if uh, the Vatican is investigating a certain candidate to become uh, a bishop or whatever it is, usually they send uh, a report with a big stamp in red saying, subsecreto pontificio, meaning uh, it's a very secret, sensitive, pontifical seal. So that's how you know if you, you know, break that seal, you're ultimately committing a very big and grave sin. So you see these different you know, secrets and in different institutions, but a lot of us don't have to worry about that, right? Many of you are probably not gonna become bishops, right? Unless you're young adults and you end up becoming a priest one day. But in any case, a lot of us don't really deal with these sensitive things, maybe at work or things like that, but that's pretty much it. That's where we're usually exposed to those kinds of secrets. But all of us deal with another kind of secrets, different kinds of secrets that maybe some of us share in common, maybe some of us don't. But something we're more familiar with when it comes to secrets is the secret of sin. And there's something really mysterious about us committing sins in secret. And the reason why I think it's mysterious is because just think about how many of the sins we actually commit in public and how many of the sins we actually commit in secret. The majority, I assume, of our sins we commit are in secret. And there's a few reasons why. One of them could be shame, right? Typically, the sins that we commit, they're shameful. And we don't want people to know about these sins. So we do it behind closed doors. We do it within groups of friends. We'll do it on a phone call. We'll do it you know, somewhere where it's not sort of public. Maybe it's shame. Sometimes we might commit sins, whatever sins they may be, in secret because we feel convicted, right? If someone were to commit a sin in front of a big congregation or a group of people, you feel much more convicted than sitting at a coffee shop with friends and, you know, gossiping and doing whatever, right? That's just how our lives are. We're human beings. That's how human nature is. We immediately, hopefully, feel convicted when more people know about the sin we commit. But again, the majority of the sins we commit are in secret. And something sort of cynical happens in the human mind where we think because we're committing a sin behind closed doors, no one, quote unquote, could see what we're doing. And no one will know what we're doing because we're doing it in secret. And there's something very destructive about this. And that's why I really wanna zero in on us sort of thinking that we could convince ourselves that the, that the sins, whatever they may be, that we commit in secret are actually in secret. Or we might be fooling ourselves, thinking they actually are something that is hidden. Now in this gospel today, there is, I mean, this gospel is sort of the core of St. Luke's entire gospel. The prodigal son is a story that, you know, you could preach a lot about. And I'm sure anyone that 
heard more than one mass today will hear a priest preaching on different parts of this gospel because there's so much to say here. But one thing I was really meditating on when I was reading this gospel and preparing for this homily is about the younger son, what he does immediately when he receives his dad's inheritance. So you see this you know, big drama happening, right? The younger son asks his dad for an early inheritance. His dad is not even dead yet, but he still wants it. Usually people ask, receive an inheritance when you know, a parent passes away. But now he's asking for it while his dad is still alive. So it sort of, it paints a picture. It shows you where this younger son's mind is. But St. Luke gives us his detail. He says, so he divided his living, his living, he gave, the dad gave his inheritance to his son. And he says, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into a far country. The son took all of this money, took his inheritance and went to a far country. And it was only until then that the son started to squander his living, started to live with harlots, started to fall into deep sin, started to squander and lose everything he had. But he only did it when he got to that foreign country. He went somewhere where no one, know, no one knew who he was. He went somewhere where he thought he was sinning in secret. He went somewhere else where he thought he can get away. He was living with pigs. He was living among people that treated him like an actual animal. And that's when he realized of all the things that he was missing out on back home. And then he started to realize the love that his father actually had for him when he hit ground zero into a far foreign country. Brothers and sisters, when we commit sins in our lives and quote-unquote secret, it is not a secret. Just because people around us don't know what we're doing, that does not mean that our conscience is it's also in secret as well. It is not. Our conscience, the very word of God within our hearts, the very thing our souls animate, the human body, it follows us everywhere we go. And if that's the conclusion we sort of get to, then we should understand that before it's too late, this younger son, he had to hit ground zero to understand his father's love and to understand his secrets weren't so secret. For us, brothers and sisters, to really actualize this gospel in our lives and bear the fruits and apply them into our lives. Thinking about the way we live our lives now and the more we can see the Father's love that he has for us. Because at the end of this story, this parable that Jesus tells us, this man, this younger son was you know, living a very loose life. He lost everything. He was committing all of these sins in secret. And when he came to repent to his father, his father didn't throw it in his face like most of us do to the people that want to repent. We like to hold it above someone's head for a very long time. Very, very long time. He didn't do that. He embraced his son. He had a feast, had a banquet for his son because his son repented from this life that he was living.
Brothers and sisters, the way the devil is so conniving and tempting in our lives, it's primarily when he thinks, he convinces us that the sins we commit in secret are actually in secret. That's the way he gets us to fall into these grave sins in our lives. That's one of the tactics. And unfortunately, a lot of us fall into that all the time. Because again, we don't think that, we don't feel that shame as we would if it was in public. We don't feel that conviction as we would if it was in public. But even though the devil is so conniving with that temptation, we should also understand that God is infinitely more powerful than he is. And God is the one who tells us the truth, while the devil is the one who lies to us. Diabolos, the, the Greek word of devil, means liar. And he lies to us and convinces us that these things we do in quote-unquote secret sort of pass by. But God is always dwelling in our hearts, brothers and sisters. God is always with us. And God sees the actions that we do, public or private, silent or in our minds or out loud or whatever it is. God is the one who created us, addicted to be the loving father that he is. He's not gonna throw it in our face. He's going to be the loving father that he is, who'll get a clean robe, like we see in this parable, put it on his child and throw a banquet for his child. Because as we heard in this gospel today, it says that the son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. When we are lost, brothers and sisters, God finds us. When our souls are dead, he makes them alive again through confession and through repentance. And the banquet that we're all preparing to receive in the Eucharist should be the beginning of all of our lives in repentance and turning away from any sins that might be still lingering in our lives. Amen.